Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again and welcome to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. 4Play is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hello, Adam. Hey, Lori. How are you doing? We have not just a mailbag today, but we have a live call-in. That's amazing. Technology is amazing (laughs) that we are able to do this. I know. That is so exciting. I know. I'm, I'm so excited. We have Joe from Raleigh who's calling in with some comments and questions, and he's been a fan and a listener and... And he's also written us before about, you know, with some ideas and things that we should talk about. So we are so grateful to have this. And we just want to open this up to everybody. We are now taking call-ins. So if you'd like to be on the show, what we would love from you is just send us an email at info at foreplayrst.com. And if you and, could, um, yeah, just give us the question you would like to talk about or the, yeah, topic, the, that topic. You, the topic that you would like to talk about. And we'd love to have you on and discuss the the issue that you have. Yeah, and even if you don't want to be on the show, but you do want us to talk about a particular topic, we would just love to hear from you. Any kind of comments, you know, rate and review us, subscribe to us, that helps. And we would be so grateful if you share the podcast with your friends. Just if everybody shared with their friends right now, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, we would go top of the charts. So (laughs) (laughs) that's that's our fantasy at least. (laughs) Okay. Well, Well, welcome, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. I hope you guys are. We are. So tell us kind of why you're calling, Joe, and what you want to talk about today. Well, I'm calling because uh, you offered me the opportunity, and uh, I've been listening to some of your podcasts. I probably listened to half of them, I would say. Oh, thank you so much. No problem. I usually listen while I'm out walking, so it's a good way to have some time of thinking about different things. So one of the reasons I was interested in talking to you is a couple things you guys had mentioned in recent podcasts that kind of piqued my interest. One was you talked about the need for a man to keep pursuing his wife once the courtship ends and the marriage starts. Yes. That, that there was a great need for this to continue 
during the life of the marriage. And I, w- I would agree with that. I think it's important, too, that the woman has to be willing to accept that pursuit. And so it makes me curious about what exactly that pursuit should look like and why women would resist that pursuit, which I think sometimes happens in my life. So yeah, I'm curious I, about that aspect of it. I think that I think that's a great question and something that you know, is really important. I, maybe we haven't hit it specifically enough. I think that pursuit seems to fall off. I, oftentimes when we get married, we think, you know, I did all that work, right? I did it all in dating. And so now I'm just get to reap the fruits of, of the nine months that I dated you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, did, I, did all, I did all that effort. I put a lot of effort and money and, <laughs> yeah. and lots and lots of money, lots of money and time into it and into the pursuit. (laughs) And then then all of a sudden I should coast on that. Um, Are there any things that you've found that work better than other things, Joe, in your own marriage? I mean, I try to pay attention to my wife's things that make her happy and the things that her love language, if you will, I know that she really needs as part of her feeling good. She needs verbal reinforcement about different aspects of life Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. she does well or does good or when I'm happy or those kind of things. And so I make sure that I, keep that part of the language going. I send her notes sometimes or I bring her flowers unexpectedly or take her out for a date, of course, which I think is critical to keep doing. Right. Um, sometimes if we're alone, we, you know, sometimes I might flirt with her a little more sexual nature if we're alone or in the right situation, those kind of things. But you're employing sort of a multi-strategic plan here. I mean, you're paying attention to what her big love language is, right, which is a sense of praise and appreciation for what she's done and what she's accomplished. And then you've said that you spend time with her, you go out on dates, you're really employing gifts, you know, you bring flowers, which I I cannot overestimate. I don't know. Flowers are just so cool. It's like such a frivolous pleasure, (laughs) you know, to have those flowers sitting on the corner of the counter. It's like every time I look at them, Mm -hmm. I think my husband loves me. It's, yeah, good one. And by the way, there's a florist in Raleigh, the English Garden, who will put together a husband package. Basically, you give them a budget, tell them the dates, and, and you're done for the year. (laughs) <laughs> for the whole, yeah, for the whole yeah. year. Wow. Yeah, pretty the, cool. I'm plugging the English garden. So you're doing all these things. And how did you come to know that, you know, this is really important to keep sewing into the relationship? Like a, a lot of people get focused on their daily life. And, and what prompted you? Was that something that was modeled for you as a child by your own dad? or It, it was two things, really. It, it was modeled by my father. I grew mm. up in a house where my parents were married at a young age and they're con- they continue to be married now they're well into their 80s oh that's awesome um, and i saw that modeled often by my father who uh, one of the things he used to do was every year that he earned a bonus a portion of that bonus went to buy my mom a piece of jewelry oh, and so he always sweet. brought home a piece of jewelry that she he knew she would really like in the years that he was able to earn a bonus that is awesome but he just always did those kind of things to try to keep keyed into her. Mm-hmm. So you saw it demonstrated and you saw the effect, right? A longevity in relationship. And you said there was something Correct. else that you, that you decided to do this. Because when I was a little bit younger and I was married, 
to the same woman, but <laughs> we hit this really long stretch of uh, kind of like a physical estrangement. Uh-huh. And it, it was kind of like trial and error and thinking and reading and trying to figure out, one, how we got into the physical estrangement, and two, how to get out of it or how to get her more interested again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So d- does she does she respond to the pursuit, Joe? Does she let you know that, that that's uh, important to her? Yes. Most of the time she does. Not always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the question, the so question on your mind is whether it's, whether it's being effective. Yes. And I mean, it is, for me, most of the time it's effective. I mean, we have a fairly active sex life and we stay connected physically as well as emotionally and in other ways. Yeah. And so we really have kind of been in a stretch for the last probably seven or eight years where things have been really good. Mm, that's awesome. Um, but sometimes yeah, you, you notice her resistance, and I would say a lot of men out there notice their wife's resistance to their overtures, and maybe we should talk about that a little bit. And, and I would say this goes, this is not gender-specific, right, because a lot of women also pursue and intentionally, Adam's favorite word, <laughs> intentionally... <laughs> um, you know, think about how to love their partner, not just to get into bed, but to overall, you know, enhance the relationship and create a loving partnership. But certainly I think that we want that spillover to end in a romantic passion as well. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it a lot of times um, falls back to uh, the pursuer-distancer piece that we've we've talked about numerous times and a lot of times whether it falls on the man to be more of the pursuer or there's an expectation that he should be even if that's not the case that can that can complicate things and so there may be times where he pursues and she withdraws Mm -hmm. right and so that signals that the that she is not accepting of the pursuit itself right and there's a little bit of difference here in what we're in what we're talking about because we're talking about it, a thing of how men. To me, it's about how men make their partner a priority in their life, mm-hmm. right? Or saying that it is. Um, a lot of times, what I find is the pursuit is rejected because it doesn't feel like it is about her. Like it's yeah. not about. Um, it's not putting her first, right? And that often. It's um, about what he can get out of it. Right, right. It's like, I brought you flowers. Why aren't you in bed with me tonight? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And but I think what Joe said, what I really like is his father's example was that he kept Joe's mother in his mind. Mm. Like in his own triumph and celebration, he saw it as partnership. You know, you too should celebrate with me and, and gain benefit with me. I mean, I think that that's some of what is so important to women about sexual pursuit is if it's just like a means to an end, right? There's something that's transparent about that. You're doing this to get something, and it's not it's not a free gift. And right. so women can tend to feel manipulated by that. Right, And, and I think, too, there, there's two parts of that. There is a part of where if men are pursuing expecting the result to end in sex all the time, um, that that gets a little tiring for the relationship, that wears out the relationship. But there's also a thing where I think maybe it's cultural, maybe it's how they grew up, um, but there are times where women feel like put that on to men, like the assumption that anything that they do, any touch, any gift, any kind word is, is an effort to get them into bed. 
right? Right, and when then they start to be. reject that. Yeah, they automatically reject that effort when, for a lot of men, that's not the end goal. They yeah. want sex. Sex is good. We want to have more sex. But it's not necessarily that every single touch or every single gift or every single kind word is solely motivated by that. And a lot of times that motivation is attributed to men incorrectly, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. It's not a blanket. Uh, like not every man is a, is a, is a hound, right? Not every man is just, <laughs> is just looking for sex all the time. I mean, I think it's important. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, I think we think about sex more than women do, but we're not all just. Um, Some per- women. Yeah. We're not all just perverts just trying to get laid all the time. I think we can demonstrate care and concern for our spouse. And, um, and I think you're talking about the problem as, as our caller referenced, you know, the long stretch of physical estrangement. There, there are sometimes things get caught into a power struggle. And so let's come back from the break talk a little bit about breaking that power struggle, how to think about it. And thank you so much for calling, Joe. We appreciate you listening to us. We're so glad that you could be our very first caller and you were brave enough to do it. Thanks a lot. And you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews and our caller, Joe. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. So we're back for Play Radio Sex Therapy, and thank you, Joe. We want to talk about what Joe has asked us. Like, why does sometimes women seem to resist the overture, the romantic overture, or the gift of a love language 
and it doesn't add to and contribute to a better overall or a better sexual relationship. And I would say this truly goes both ways. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. But I think it, for men, the thing we were talking about at the end there kind of does play a part in that a lot of times men's efforts are seen as just trying to result in sex and just get laid mm-hmm. as opposed to efforts just being about caring about um, our partner and caring about her as an individual and prioritizing her. Um, and a lot of times you do you do all of those things. I think that's what Joe, Joe was doing, a lot of good things. Yeah. You know, that's just sounded Absolutely. so, just even just like when he talked about not going through a physical estrangement and not giving up on that, like doing a lot of the effort to try to figure out how to make sure his wife felt cared for. Um, exactly. But a lot of times those efforts, w- when those efforts come up short, there can be a lot of frustration, right? Yeah. And I think that many times what I see is, People expect a one-to-one correspondence. Mm-hmm. So I brought you flowers. Why are we not in bed, like I said? Or I took you out to a fancy, nice dinner, and we didn't have sex that night. Because you, you asked know. for a fancy, nice nice dinner. I did that. I complied. Right. And now we're not having sex. Or, or they're saying, you know, I, I, I took out the garbage like you've been nagging me to do, and, and now I do all these things. And it still hasn't turned our sex life around. And so what is happening in this coupleship, and I am sure a lot of people out there are relating to this. Like, oh, absolutely. I, I have men tell me all the time, Lori, I would stand on my head if that's what it took to make her want to have sex. I would do whatever. I don't want to just have sex for me. I want us to have sex together. I want sexual intimacy. I like emotional connection, but I can't seem to get her there. No, you know, I've done all the tricks, and now I feel stymied, and I feel like giving up. And I would say, like, one of the first things I would say that has to be addressed there is the idea that I've done all the tricks. Mm-hmm. Like, there is an implicit thing there that still says that it's about sex, right, or mm-hmm. that I'm trying to to solve this problem. And it's a paradox, really, because you're not taking – the need that he has for sex is important, and that has to be addressed as well. Um, but it can't be manipulative. It can't mm-hmm. be I'm doing something to get something else, even if it's I'm doing all these good things for her to get something else because it still feels that way. It still it still can come across as manipulative. I mean, ironically, it can't be quid pro quo, right? Yeah. I can't give you enough of something so that you will give me something in return because if you give somebody a gift, any kind of gift, praise, time together, an actual gift, and you have an expectation, that is, you can smell that. Mm-hmm. And likewise, if your partner gives you sex back, because they owe you for your gift. That sucks too. Yeah, nobody, nobody You know, wants nobody that. wants payback sex or, mm-hmm. you know. Not or, all the time anyway. <laughs> I mean, maybe you take sex because you don't have it enough and you'll take it as it comes. But, I mean, really what we want is somebody who desires us. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who desires to be with us. I mean, much more than reciprocity, we want somebody who wants sex and finds a way to be erotic in and of themselves and wants to to be sexual with us, right? Yeah, and I think this goes back to just care for the other person, right? I mean, you're you're doing those things, the things that they're asking you to do because you want them to feel loved and cared for, Yeah, right? I think that's the motivation that it has to spring from. Um, and a lot of uh, men, I think, feel like they're giving up sex if they're doing those things and not demanding sex in return or not expecting sex in return. Um, but really, you're you're going much further to getting what you want when you do it from a place of just saying, 
I love you. I care about you. You feel loved and cared for when I take you to a nice dinner. You feel loved and cared for when I buy you gifts, when I verbally praise you. That's how you feel loved and cared for. So I'm willing to do those things, not because of what I can get, but because of my care and affection for you. Right. And I think we have to separate out the arguments. Yes. You know, the argument about sex, obviously, in some ways, Sex is a place that is very fragile and often is the area that the power struggle is played out on. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I don't think that most women withhold consciously, yeah. right? But oftentimes when there is not enough exchange, when people don't feel like they're getting enough from the relationship, they unconsciously do things mm. that balance the scales, yeah. You know, and so sometimes it's true that that the power struggle, I'm not saying she says, well, you know, you haven't done enough for me, so I'm not going to give you sex. It, it doesn't form in the mind that way. It, mm-hmm. it forms in a woman's mind more like she she feels flat in desire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really underneath the surface. But it's a big problem because, you know, our uh, especially if we're married, right, our commitment is to fidelity. And so this is the only place we have decided that we can get sex uh, for most of us who make that commitment. And so how do we go about changing the power struggle? One way to frame it is the pursuer distancer, like you were talking about, Adam. And if you think about it, how is the pursuit pressuring things in a way that is making our partner run away? And are we truly answering their pursuit of us? You know, the most typical thing I see is the man who is not present and uninvolved emotionally. That's the way he abandons her. He's not also conscious of it. I mean, it could be payback on his part, too. Well, you don't give me sex, right? So why should I listen to you? Why should I care about your day? Why should I care about the girls in the bridge club or the girls on the tennis team or or your boss's conflict or your struggle with the children or whatever? Why should I care about that? You don't care about my deepest problems. And so they don't listen. They don't give back. I mean, that power struggle thing goes both ways. Yeah. Well, I think so. in some ways it has to be that has to be abandoned. And I think that's part of what we're talking about of trying to move into a place where you're not doing things to get something else um, out of the relationship that you're you're taking responsibility to meet your partner's needs and doing that from a from a genuine place and not stopping when not stopping because they don't give you back one of those things. Yeah. You know, I think Joe asked a question during the break about how how does he help his spouse see that not every action is motivated by sex yeah. right, or the desire to, to get sex? Because that's what I, I hear that from a lot of women as well. All he wants is sex. And she interprets, like we talked about, she interprets every move. She misinterprets way. it. She misinterprets it. And denigrates that. it. Yeah. And so I think to begin to, to kind of shift that, there have to be things that happen you have to meet her needs even when and pursue her even when she doesn't reciprocate with sex mm-hmm. right and that and too often i think men stop right they don't see that one to one benefit they don't see that one to one effect and so they accept the no but they turn away like mm-hmm. they they turn away from trying to continue to pursue her and i think that just reinforces um, that that's that that's the case Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I think it's problematic. I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about it in a gender-reversed way. Like what happens when the female really wants more sex than the guy? And she also tries everything. I'm thinking of patients who have told me, you know, look at I have 
you know, put on lingerie and danced in front of the football game on the TV, which I say is her big mistake, right? Now, don't interrupt the football game. That's that's dumb. But I mean, seriously, she's she's put on lingerie. She's fit. She's beautiful. She, you know, keeps herself up. She, you know, she's willing to do anything that he wants to do sexually. And he's kind of a stick in the mud or he's he's not as interested. He turns her down. He rebuffs her. You know, and he doesn't want sex. And this is, you know, in many cases, men with adequate testosterone, but for whatever reasons, are withdrawing and feel hounded by their wife's overtures. Do you have anything to say? (laughs) Say for those men, Adam. For those men? Well, I mean, I think in the context of of pursuing, I think it makes pursuing really hard. I think when, when you say it makes pursuing hard... I think especially when it's gender reversed, women mm-hmm. don't ex- see themselves necessarily as the pursuer. They they often are socialized to be the object, the one who's chased. And so when they are pursuing, uh, uh, my my thing is is that oftentimes women give up easier. Uh, they don't keep pursuing as long. Yeah, you know, as men will. Oh, well, I, I I do think there's a cultural thing though there that's at play there for a lot of men, especially if they are natural distancers mm-hmm. in the relationship. If it, if it's reversed and they that there's an element of shame that that is involved in that um, that has to be kind of demystified a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Of when when their partner starts to pursue them or wants sex more, that they they automatically feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it puts them they're already a distancer and it already puts them in a place of so it just adds more shame to that and causes them to just withdraw even more um, because culturally they're the, supposed to be the ones that initiate. They're the, supposed to be the ones that pursue. Um, and so if it's gender reverse, there can be an element of shame in that as well. Right. I'm not much of a man. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. I have this beautiful wife who wants me and I don't even know why I don't seem to respond to that. I yeah. should be responding to that. And I don't know why. Yeah. Whereas I don't think women who are pursued sexually feel that one as much. But I think you've hit on something is for the distant, the sexually distancing partner, one of the answers is to really examine inside what is it about sexual contact that makes me uncomfortable, that makes me avoidant. You know, I've, I've pledged myself to an alive sexual relationship, but I'm actually avoiding it. You know, is it because... The actual sex isn't that good for me. I'm not getting the pleasure I need. Is it because I'm inhibited? You know, I have all kinds of inhibitions, and men have just as many inhibitions as women do. You know, is it because, you know, I, I feel pressured in a way, and, I, and that makes me feel controlled? I mean, I really think that the distancing partner needs to examine themselves, mm-hmm. you know, why they slough off kind of the love language that their partner is is. Sh- showering them with, you know, why does it make them uncomfortable to receive? Is it they don't feel deserving? I mean, all of that is an inner thing to wonder about. And I think with the pursuing partner, the other thing is, am I really as attuned? I mean, our caller sounded lovely, right? He sounded like he was attuned and he had spent a lot of time and thought about how to love his wife. But many people don't. They do the wrong thing. You know, my my wife likes time together, but I bring her gifts, you know, and, and that doesn't hit it. Or yeah. my my husband likes things picked up and he likes acts of service and all I'm giving him is um, sex, you know, and, and he wants a, a household that works better. That's what would make him feel loved. I, I mean, it's, it isn't always gender traditional. 
I think there is a, Laurie, an element of it being that it can be gender reversed. But I do want to come back to Joe's specific question about how he begins to help his wife receive the ways that he's trying to love her and specifically how he helps her to see that it's not all about sex, mm-hmm. um, right? That it's not always about sex. And one of the things that I thought about, and you mentioned this briefly, but that he has to check in with her to make sure that the specific ways that he's trying to reach out to her and trying to pursue her are actually ways that are making a dent, so to speak, that actually ways that are filling up her love tank and making her feel loved and cared for. Because a lot of times, you know, love languages are great. Like, you know, I think every couple I've seen lately has read the five love languages. But beginning to tune into the specific ways, each love language can be different in and of itself, Mm -hmm. that if it's quality time, that the ways he's trying to spend quality time with her matter. If it's verbal praise, that the things that he's recognizing and giving affirmation to are things that matter and that are important to her. Um, as well. So checking in and just saying, are the things that I'm doing actually um, working? um, Yeah. And and I I think I've said too um, several times here, it can't be a one-to-one correspondence. So an action of romance doesn't necessarily create an action in the bedroom. So when you're romantic, you're creating a climate. You're creating a climate of making somebody feel special, cared about, and keeping them in your mind. You know, I was out shopping and I saw this and I picked it up for yeah. you. Or, you know, I, I was at the grocery store and I brought home the bouquet. I just thought of you. You know, I mean, there are ways really that it's creating a whole atmosphere of care in a romantic gesture that then eventually all of these together mimic the dating period, right, where sex is more plentiful. Right. Um, And the other thing, I think we mentioned this, but just want to highlight it too, is that sometimes we have to do things where it doesn't end in sex, right, Mm -hmm. to begin to shift that. Like men have to care in ways that it's still, it's okay. The night may end with just holding each other. Um, The night may end with just kissing, right? Right. Or Or physical affection. Physical affection of some other kind. I mean, I hear women all the time who say, I long for physical affection. And, you know, every time he touches me, he gets aroused and we have to have sex, Mm -hmm. which I think is not necessarily true. Sometimes he may get aroused because she's sexy and he can't help that. He doesn't necessarily mean to drive it through the bedroom. You know, he could be content with holding her, touching her, hugging her, whatever. He can't control his body. And I think that's an understanding that women have to have as well, that it's it's not – we could always have sex, but we don't have to always have sex. Yeah, and she's not responsible for yeah. that erection. That's right. Yeah. But right. but I think physical affection, again, a big love language for many women. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. being able to have that, that it has to end in those times, and men have to initiate that. Or they yeah. have to initiate physical affection and intentionally and make it sure – Yeah, intentionally <laughs> stop and make sure it doesn't, it doesn't go forward so that yeah. there's something to compare it to. So there's something to say, okay, well, not every time right. at least right. to sex. He's okay with physical affection at times, too. So I'd say those two things, to me, are ways to start to really help um, the pursuit be meaningful and for affection to really be, or love and care to really be received. Yeah, well. good. Well, thank you for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. This is your sex therapist, Lori Watson, couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. We appreciate our caller, Joe. Thanks again. And thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec 
and rate and review us. Thanks so much. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.